Welcome to the East Haven Men's Ministry Podcast. This is Jared. I'm joined today by Pastor Chad. Jared, so good to be here. How are you, buddy? I'm well. How's your new year been? Uh, we're, what, uh, 20, day, day two. 36 hours into the new year. It's so good. <laughs> we uh, we took down the tree and all the, the pine needles that go with it. And okay. uh, yeah, so far so good. So you had a real tree. We had a real tree, and that was... Uh, you know, I had this romantic picture in my head of going out and getting the Christmas tree and having hot cocoa and just this, you know, Norman Rockwell experience now that we're back in Montana. Got it. And uh, we get out there and the kids are fighting in the car and someone's sitting on someone else and touching, being too close. And so we get there and then then we get to this spot out in the forest and this other guy kind of is parked near us by himself, and it was just shady. Anyway, we we hike out there. We get a tree. Looks great from a distance. Chop it down, and now we're committed. Yeah. And it's not a good balanced tree, and so uh, <laughs> my kids made fun of our Christmas tree because it just looked it looked weird. But we, we enjoyed it. So are you guys, it's New Year happens and the tree comes down is what's the date? Yeah, yeah, yeah typically. That's typical? Yeah, but okay. the Christmas lights on the outside of the house will stay until it thaws out because okay. things have melted and they're encrusted in the gutter yeah. ice and all that stuff. So Yeah, so till spring. Yeah, so we'll, we'll wait till May. <laughs> till May, <laughs> Or yeah. June. Dude, so we, we went out and got a, uh, a real tree. Um, with my wife's family, we went out and, and, uh, walked around looking for a tree, uh, passed about a thousand good ones and yeah, what's with that? And then went back and got like the first one we saw. So it was kind of like, all right. And same thing, you know, we had some other, uh, family with us. Uh, so we had, you know, two little ones that were just belligerent, didn't want any part in this. Um, and, uh, you know, so we finally cut a tree down. I mean, and I had like a saw and, you know, it's obvious, it's apparently it's not the right kind of saw cause it doesn't fold up and like go in your pocket. It's like an actual saw. <laughs> yeah. And so like I Like something felt, you would cut a two by four with? Or uh, like probably, a tree saw? No, you can cut like a tree with it. Okay. But I mean, it was like, uh, it was probably like a good, I don't know, 24, maybe a little bit longer, 30 okay. inch saw. And uh, I was kind of, everybody was giving me a hard time about my saw. And so then we're heading out, you know, driving out, and we see a couple of other people, like, getting out of their car. What do they have? They have saws just like mine. That's right. I felt so vindicated. <laughs> um, but anyways, we get back. We put the tree, we're trying to put the tree up, you know, and the trees up here have narrow trunks. Uh-huh. And all the stands are made for these California trees, you know, these thick boys. Big, yeah. And... Uh, so we're trying to get, you know, screw all the little knobs in, try to get it in. Couldn't f- get it to like fit the tree. We just wanted to topple over. So I go out into my garage and find like a piece of two inch square steel that I had. I had like a scrap, <laughs> like two inch steel, two or three inch piece. And so like, <laughs> thankfully it was like gr- the same size as the base of our tree. So like I get my hammer and I just beat this piece of steel onto the tree because the tree's probably like. I don't know, an eighth inch yeah. like bigger than this. I beat it on there, get it all like set up. Now I've got steel that I could screw these little deals into. So we get the tree all decorated. It's all good. Um, and then the next day, 
Like Mallory's in another room working on something. I'm down working, and my my uh, four year old is in the front room, and we hear this crash, and then she's like, "Mom, something happened. What? <laughs> Our tree falls over. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody touched it. It just falls over." Um, so obviously I didn't do that great of a job, but it's my wife gets all, you know, she's just like had it because it yeah. wasn't the magical experience. So that was robbed. Yeah. And then the tree falls over, which is like the worst part of every Christmas movie that happens. Yeah. It's like and the it's last a drop. metaphor for something, you know, yeah. just disaster. So she like takes all the stuff off the tree, like stuff's breaking because the tree fell over and stuff's falling off the tree. So I didn't get to see it, but apparently she like opened the front door and chucked the tree out the front door like a Scrooge moment. And are you getting this uh, recounting from your kids like, Mom, just chuck yeah. the tree out? Well, and she's even telling me, I even went to like our doorbell cam and was hoping that it captured it, but it didn't for oh, whatever bummer. reason. But anyways, so Christmas was great, <laughs> though. So I ended up going to Costco and buying a, a fake tree and like they were gone the whole rest of the day, I think, or maybe it was the next day. And uh, when my wife and my kids got home, like the new tree, I hadn't decorated it, okay. but the new tree but was, was up, up and it was lit and it was, you know, Christmas was saved. So look at that a hero yeah. moment. So hero moment. Will you in the future just go straight to the that fake tree now or will that always be in reserve and you'll attempt the... I the romantic experience of going again. I don't tree. know. I okay. mean, if I had to do it again, I'd run lag straight through the trunk of that tree and like You'd be fine. I'd build a brace. I mean, it would be ridiculous. And that tree yeah. could withstand gale force winds. But I don't know if I want to deal with that again. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Anyway, so we're gonna jump into the word today. Yeah. Um so we were just talking before hitting record, which uh, then we started talking about what we were going to talk about, and we should have just been recording. The we should have, yeah, because uh, there were cool moments that were happening before hitting record. Um, but one of the things that I realized was probably like my biggest aha moment um, when it comes to the Word of God in this last year was uh, ro- understanding. Romans 12, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and uh, and what the Lord is is telling us in those words. Um, I always, I, I mean, you want to read it for us? Yeah, first? I have it like, right Why here. don't you read it for us? Yeah, we got Romans 12, 1 through 2, Paul saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Now, let me break that down into three parts. Okay. The first part I understood, the part about your body as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Holy and acceptable to God. Spiritual worship, yeah. I understood that part because that makes sense to me. As a living sacrifice, that means anything and everything I need to put before the Lord first, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to to my body and the actions. And, and I recognize that that was also a new way of thinking for the people that Paul was writing to, right. um, that uh, they used to think the body doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. And so I, I understood that part of it. But the the second and perhaps the third part, um, I didn't quite understand and maybe thought that that was some sort of level in which my spirituality would get to at mm-hmm. some point and that I just have to be <laughs> doing the right things or whatever, right. um, be involved in the right things. I don't know, praying enough, being in the word enough for those to like unlock. I don't so know. So the second and third it. part you're referencing would be the do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. And then the third part, but be transformed. But be by transformed. By renewing of your mind. And so the the do not be conformed, like that does make sense to me. Like do not be conformed. And so I'm thinking, uh, as probably most people think, like if you think about politics and conforming to a certain you know political party or conforming to a different a typical way of thinking or something like that, whether it's societal or um, more niche than that. You know, I'm thinking of conforming to a way or mm-hmm. a certain thing. I wasn't thinking internally there at yeah. all. Something that that stuck out to me, I remember several years ago getting ready to teach on this particular passage. I was a youth pastor at the time, mm-hmm. and I was getting ready to teach this to a group of high school students. And as I was studying the passage, I was really into, at that time, I was taking Greek and kind of studying the original languages, and so I was kind of doing a deep dive there. And there's this nuance in that second and third part you talk about here, and it's very intentional the way that Paul articulates it. Notice he doesn't say, don't conform. He says, don't be conformed. He doesn't say, but transform, but he says, but be transformed. And there's this nuance there that is in the the Greek, it's a passive indicative word form, which means that the conformity is not something that they generate within themselves or we generate from within ourselves. Like we don't conform it. We're not actively doing it, but it's happening to us. So what he's saying is he's commanding them not to be conformed because it's indicative and so what he's saying is don't let things outside of you change you or conform you to their image. Rather, let yourselves be transformed by something outside of you, which is renewing your mind. Yep. And so there's this, this weird kind of action component to it, but it's not something that we just derive from within ourselves to be conformed or transformed, but it's sure. the way that we expose ourselves to influences sure. that then change us. And I think that that's when that opened up for me, that was the aha moment of now I can start to take inventory of what are the things that I allow to either influence me and conform me to the world, or what is what are the influences that I'm allowing to transform me into the image of God? Exactly. So... And, you know, the, the conform for me, you know, like I was saying, I, I thought it was, and I mean, everything that we conform to one way or another is external. Um, I mean, even as we take the word of God, we are allowing it to conform us, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that's an action step that we take. Uh, but, you know, in, in looking at conforming, you know, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm going to church. I'm I'm praying. I'm reading God's word. 
you know, I'm 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 trying to get away from and and distance myself from things that would draw me into into sinning in different ways. Right. Um and so I feel like I'm I'm not conforming. But there's there's just years and decades of stuff that's happened mm-hmm. that we allow to conform. I mean, it's it could go all the way back to to childhood and you're still playing that negative experience that you had with someone or maybe even a parent, something mm-hmm. that they said, and you're still playing it like in your mind, um, conforming to, you know, something that was placed upon you and you haven't shed that as an adult. And and now it's a thing that holds you back or maybe even affects your the way that you see God and the way that yeah. you you experience God as a father. And so I really started to understand that, that like, oh, this, as far as conforming, like, I mean, this can mean anything that mm-hmm. I have allowed into me, even things that I don't maybe yet recognize, because yeah. it's, it's you know, uh, an ongoing process of understanding and recognizing everything. <laughs> that... Well, and it's easy to observe it in others, especially like our kids or other people. We go, man, we we watch them like shift and shape to these outside influences, whether it's their friends or a movie they saw, music they're listening to, the the newest trend in clothing. We watch them before our very eyes, all of a sudden one day like something and then the next day like something else. And that thing that they used to like is now lame. Yeah. And you're like, how what what happened here? Something it wasn't inside of you that you just changed and all of a sudden liked a different kind of clothing. Yeah. There was something outside of you that that shaped and conformed you to this new way. Uh, like there's there's a pair of shoes that are now like really a style of shoe that's really popular. And my son, he had no clue they even existed about two weeks ago. And he sees someone else wearing them, and it happens to be somebody that he really admires. So then he goes, I have to have those shoes. I got to have them. And I'm like, and it's so obvious. Yeah. You just want to be like that guy. You're You're – conforming to this influence that's outside of you. Yeah. I think what's harder is us identifying, like you've said, am I willing to take a hard look at myself and and be really honest about how I am so much like that? Yeah. And I conform just just like I see in my own kids. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's uh... And the why. Why do I conform? Oh, and I yeah. think that's something that when we were talking uh, before we started recording that... I think you had some good insight into wrestling with the why behind my conformity yeah. versus my transformation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, been a real eye-opener. And not that I wasn't already working on some of those things, because the last, like, five or six years, I mean, I've really been working on some of those things, but I was not looking at them as something that I had conformed to. Mm-hmm. I was looking at them as something that I that was just a part of me or what I felt was a part of me and I needed to distance myself from. Mm-hmm. And I think there's power in recognizing that at some point you decided to conform. Mm-hmm. There has to be at some point that you decided. I mean, it might be the first time that you replay that negative scenario in your head and you allow it to affect a decision that you made or you you have buyer's remorse because you went out and bought that thing, that pair of shoes or whatever it was. Yeah. And you're like, uh, oh, okay. Um, 
you know, but but when we repeat that, when it becomes a repeatable pattern, and now it's no longer just something that we we saw and recognized and said never again. Now it's a habitual thing, right. and you know, eventually it becomes, you know, almost part of our DNA in a sense, and um, and and that's, you know, living in the flesh. That's yeah. those those are things that we need to shed, but self awareness is hard. Like self awareness is the big thing, and it's it's challenging to recognize those things if you don't have, you know, at least a couple of, uh, you know, I mean, my my wife can recognize some of those things in me, but I don't think she can recognize as many of those things in me as a good friendship with with another guy can, mm-hmm. because you know we can see each other as men and recognize those things. And if we give each other the permission to speak up about those things, then that's when you really start to recognize like, yeah. oh, I've got I've got some things. Yeah. And I think the connection between the first part that you you referenced this living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. What Paul is is suggesting there is a sacrifice is something that willingly gives itself up. It's willing to die, right? But here, this is a living sacrifice, so I'm not giving up my life, but I'm giving up my... I am giving up my life in the sense that I am sacrificing myself. Therefore, the motives behind my conformity are usually self-serving. I'm wanting to either fulfill some sort of appetite or passion or desire or fear or whatever that might be for myself. And so that's usually the reason behind my being willing to conform and allowing things to influence me. So if what Paul says here, what he's challenging and even commanding the believers in Rome to consider is die to yourself. Yeah. And when you do that, the the temptation or the tendency to conform to these outside influences will no longer be an issue. However, you'll be in a great spot to be transformed because now you've emptied yourself of self and now God can shape you by his word and by his spirit. And so I think that there's, yeah, those three are very connected, but I I like how you kind of divide them into the thirds because it helps to kind of play with those different parts. Yeah. And then the last third um, discussing the be transformed by the renewal of your of your mind. I mean that that can't be something that you just sit around and wait to have happen. Like there's stuff that there's action steps that you need to take in order to have a transformation of your mind. Yeah, you're not just sitting on the couch and and it's just gonna you're just gonna morph. Yeah, into something else. There yeah. is there is activity that we see throughout Scripture where we're encouraged, commanded to engage. There are verbs all over the place yeah. in the New Testament when it yeah. applies to believers. So how do you wrestle with that? Since you've been thinking about this, what are some of the things that you have identified? Okay, this is how I be transformed. This is how I engage in that. Well, I started looking at it as, you know, if uh, there's there's something that you, you conformed to, what is the renewal of your mind step? And so if you've conformed to something, 
what is the step to get out of it, essentially, which is going to require a mindset change, really. Like, if I conform to, uh, you know, something that was said to me when I was young, and I've been replaying that, and, and it's become a limitation in my life, and I don't feel that it's warranted, and I need to get away from that, like, there's, I need to change the tape, essentially, and and be playing a different tune. And that requires a mindset change. And, you know, Paul is saying in there, like, you know, uh, that you need to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and you have to be ready and willing to do that. If you're still conforming to whatever it was, you're not going to be transformed. Um, I mean, you could pray about it all day long, but if you go crawling back to it because it's familiar, you're not going to be transformed, right? Right. And I had a pastor and mentor tell me early on in my walk, and he, he told me this from his own experience, but he said, you need to be so in, engaged in the Word of God that you, you start to think God's thoughts after him. See, one of the problems that we have at, at the point of conversion is we still, are, our head is full of all kinds of our own thoughts and wishes and wants and desires and ideas, and most of the time we come out of a very broken situation, so those are those are toxic yeah. thoughts and ideas and intentions. And so what he did in his early walk with the Lord, he was a truck driver before he became a pastor, and he his the cab of his truck was covered in sticky notes, and he was writing down scripture passages, sticking them to the inside of his cab, so as he drove all day, he would just start memorizing scripture because he got so fed up with how regularly his own thoughts were contrary to God's thoughts and his own desires and intentions were not God's desires and intentions. And so he's like, I'm just going to try to inundate my mind with the Word of God so that it just forces out the, the toxic stuff. And that's what Paul's talking about when he writes that letter to Timothy, and he says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Training in, like, how to do the right thing yep. and to think the right things, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And that's Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. And, and so I think that's one of those initial steps that are we so— are we so fed up with this this toxicity in our own mind and this own the own pa- our our patterns of conformity that we're we're willing to try something else and maybe on this the the you know this new year approach to 2023 we make consuming the word of god an absolute priority and we just want to flood our mind with his thoughts so that man that would drive out because he promises in the word that it's profitable, yeah, for training in righteousness. It'll it'll teach us how to engage in living and thinking and doing like God, so that we are transformed. And so the, I think that's an initial step: is we got to flood our mind with His thoughts. Yeah. So there's several instances that I came across in Scripture where there's. Uh, a command or or a recommendation given to uh, do this rather than that, hmm. and I kind of saw that as here's the here's the conform, and here's the renewal. Oh yeah, and so I I kind of just went 
looking through the scriptures for some of those as examples. Since I wrote some of them down, I don't have the actual passage in front of me. Um, but in Joshua 1.9, uh, there's, there's a call to not live in fear, but be courageous. And so that's, that's kind of a, an easy one, I think, you know, like what's the opposite of, of fear? Well, it's, it's to be, it's courage, like to be courageous. And so, you know, Joshua 1, 9, are you pulling it up? Yeah, I'm going to try okay. to Bible drill this thing, Got see it. if I can keep up with you. Yeah, so, so Joshua 1, 9, yeah. I have commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, so I, the, I think I was in the ESV and it said fear, um, but same thing, like, don't be fearful, don't conform to whatever type of fear is being propagated, which there's a lot of that, especially right. since the start of this decade, there's been a lot of that, um, but be courageous. Yeah. And, you know, so there's a lot more context to that verse, you know, if you read more than just the one verse, but there's that, right. there's that conformity that we could give into. Which is fear. Which is fear, and there's this renewal of your mind. Which is courage. Which is courage. Which is not the absence of fear. Correct. It's, it's choosing to do the right thing. Correct. In the presence of fear. Exactly. Yeah. Another one, uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. This one really surprised me because I wasn't, I wasn't thinking in this way, and then when I read it, I thought, oh, wow, how cool and how true is that? Mm-hmm. Um, anxiousness, do not be anxious, versus yeah. thanksgiving. Mm. And I thought to myself, like, you, you can't, if you're being anxious, if you're anxious over something, you, you literally cannot be thankful in that moment. Yeah. Anytime I'm anxious uh, over anything, whether I'm, I'm speaking or you know meeting with a, a client about a potential big project or something like that, I'm anxious and I'm focused on that situation. I'm not thankful for the fact that I'm there mm-hmm. and in that situation. And so I thought to myself, like, wow, what a cool correlation and a, a, a conformity of being anxious, conforming to whatever it is that's making me anxious about that scenario or situation, and then instead flipping that mm-hmm. and saying, like, let me just turn that back to the Lord and be thankful for yeah. being in this that's scenario. Good. Do you want to read that? Uh, yeah, we have, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. There, your mind is renewed. And so it's just like, man, as I started digging around, and maybe you even have one of these on the top of your mind from some other passage. I'm kind of throwing it out there in case you do. Um, But it's, it's really interesting to look at it that way. Like, what is the conform? And what is the renew? And that to me was like my biggest aha moment, I think, of, of yeah. 2022. Not that I'd never heard those verses before. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about God's Word is that it's it's what it needs to be in that moment, as long as you're letting it in your heart. It's what it needs to be for you in that moment. And then a week later, a year later, 10 years, 20 years later, it can yeah. be a whole different a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, just off the top of my head, I think, again, in Philippians, this time in chapter 2, he says, do nothing from selfish 
ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm. So there's the conformity would be selfish ambition, conceit, Mm -hmm. just take care of me. Yep. It's all about me. Transformed living would look like humility, counting others as more significant than myself, Yeah, putting their needs before my own, and not leveraging everything for myself, but leveraging myself for them. Mm. Like a totally different contrast. So, I mean, if you take even just these three verses that we talked about yeah. from Joshua and the two in Philippians, conformity, so being conformed looks like fear. It looks like um, your second one, which was anxiety, or it looks like selfish ambition and self-interest. A transformed life, someone who is being transformed, is someone who is courageous in the presence of fear. Uh, rather than anxious, they're thankful. They're in a position where they can be thankful, and the peace of God is extended to them. And they're humble, and they're leveraging themselves for everyone around them and serving people's needs before their own. Mm. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's the kind of life we want. Right. Yeah. Right. And even, you know, even take uh take it as as it is and set, take all of those out. Uh, that's a a self-help book. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's a self-help book like the bestseller right there uh, because it solves all of those common conformities. Yep. And when we start seeing them as something that we've conformed to, at some point in our life, we said yes, even unknowingly said yes to that conformity. How can we be transformed by the opposite of that, the mm-hmm. renewal of your mind? And it might not always be the exact op- opposite, like a synonym, antonym type of situation. It, it may be something slightly different, like um, like anxiousness versus thanksgiving. Right. I mean, that's... Uh, that's different. I'd never thought of it like that. When I'm thinking about, you know, what's the opposite of anxiousness? It's like, well, relaxed or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, I, I need to chill out. I need to take a deep breath, um, or whatnot. But thankfulness, man. I just noticed that in that same kind of I way of looking at the contrast between what does conformed look like versus transformed look like, and what we've done in Joshua and Philippians. If you continue to read in Romans 12, you see a long list of these, which is so cool. Yeah. So you see, like, starting in verse 14 of chapter 12, bless instead of curse. Yep. Uh, You see, instead of being haughty and and proud, associate with the lowly. Uh, Instead of repaying someone for evil, do what's honorable instead of giving them the like... um, and so instead of vengeance, if your enemy's hungry, instead of withholding, you feed them. Yep. <clears throat> Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So you see that that same kind of yeah. um, contrast laid out there that Paul is describing. And at the beginning of that chapter, you're given, we're given the, the fix, essentially. Right. You know, uh, your body is a living sacrifice, like... This is this is you. You as a person here on earth has to think in this way and think of yourself in this way in order to yep. not be conformed 
and in order to be transformed. And so there's there's an equation right there you can run yeah. to solve for all of those conformities that we've talked about. And I think the the danger for most men is that there's going to be an attempt to manufacture yeah. this and to try to identify this list of behavior traits and try to just manufacture those on your own. And the, the strong reality you have to, to face is that what Paul is talking about and why he can say these kind of things to these believers is because they have been absolutely transformed by new life in Christ and the Holy Spirit has dwelt in them. And so they can now then pursue this kind of transformed life and reject conformity without, without being born again. There is no hope to make this happen, at yeah. least not not in a legitimate or sincere or long-lasting way. Yeah, and so that's that's a first step. If anyone's listening to this podcast right now and you're you've been playing church and you've been going just because for whatever reasons you've just been kind of attending, uh, yeah, there is going to be no hope for you to engage in these ideas meaningfully without giving your life first to Jesus Christ and receiving his grace uh, and his gift of new life and receiving his spirit. Yeah. That is uh, essentially, if we go back to the breaking the first couple of verses into three steps, that's step one. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't be a living... I mean, you could be a living sacrifice or whatever for a million things. You can conform to something and literally be a living sacrifice for that cause or that yep. thing, but you're not going to be achieving these things the way that these promises are spoken right. unless you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to yep. God. And if you've done that, or if you're constantly, it's not a one-time, I mean, you're constantly, all the time I'm like, I'm not... A living sacrifice in right. this way. I need to. I need to to go to the Lord and find what needs to be done, and ask the Lord for this, for mm-hmm. these re- revelations, and and be in His Word so that I could even recognize those things. Yeah. Um. Then, then I need to make sure that I've made the decision to not continue to conform. Yeah. You know, uh, it's fine if I used to conform in the past. That's fine, but I need to decide now, moving forward, that I'm not going to conform anymore. Right. And that's this a decision right there in renewing your mind, saying no, not again, no more, or I'm going to work towards not having this as part of my my life, my existence. It requires a mind shift change. Yeah. And that mind shift change is going to require more of God's word. It's going to require prayer because chances are you've tried to ditch this thing in the past and failed because you went at it alone. Mm-hmm. And now you're coming through it saying, God, I need rid of this, whatever sin it is or whatever conformity it is, thing that's affecting my relationships, my work life, uh, my parenting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I need rid of that. So I need to recognize the conformities. That's a hard one. Yeah. To- but that's evidence. Like the moment you agree with God about something is yeah. evidence of a renewed mind. Yep. So take yeah take stock of the amount of times you agree with God about stuff in your life yeah and that's a win yeah yeah 
and and allow that to be the record that continuously plays. So when when some yes. conformity tries to creep in, you're like, no, this is this is the playlist I've been on. I'm listening to this now, and it's God's word telling me that this is the way that it needs to be for me. Mm-hmm. I've recognized that. I know that. I feel that truth, which is why I'm seeking in the first place. And so continue to yeah. renew my mind. That's so good. So anyways, we're like way over our 30 minute. We could probably even do a whole part two on this <laughs> topic. And obviously like we're both really, you know, amped up on this yeah. topic and this idea and just the way that the Lord works, which is um, which is just amazing. Amen. Um, so let's close this one out. Uh, why don't you pray this one out? Yeah. And we'll hope to see you all in the next one. Yeah, Father, we we thank you for the time we get to spend in your word. I thank you for my brother Jared. I thank you for this opportunity to consider uh, this passage, what it means to be a living sacrifice, what it means to to no longer be conformed, but rather be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that we would take to heart this uh, this time and this these passages and this challenge to to start agreeing with you about certain areas of our life and allow conviction to happen in our hearts about certain things and that we would agree with you on that and that we would take that first step of repentance and turning away from that and turning towards Christ and deciding to allow ourselves to be influenced by by the Spirit of God rather than the world. pray this in Christ's name. Amen.